Hey, hey, Monkeys fans. Welcome to Podcast Valley Sunday, Monkeys on Tour, Part 2. We're going to pick up exactly where we left off in Part 1. Thanks for checking us out. So yeah, Peter comes out. He's dressed all in white. He's playing the banjo and singing Cripple Creek, and the kids go crazy. Kids love it, which... Uh, oh, yeah. They're loving everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And isn't this like Peter's exact outfit from Head? It might be. From, Cir- from Circle Sky? It looks very familiar. Yeah. Well, they're like... Even it, looks, it looks like something really comfortable to be wearing on... Under the lights on stage, too. That looks like a thick sweater. Like, even when Mike comes out, he's uh, in a white sweater as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Seems warm. And it's kind of cool in each of these parts. They have, like, the monkey's solo sets, and then they have, like, an interview with each guy, and they yeah. show him doing something. And with Peter, he talks about how, like, after a show for 12 hours, his ears are ringing, mm-hmm. and he, he's got to find a quiet place. And some place to just go walking because he's always running. So you you walk, just uh, a little green and a little quiet. You hope if you can find it any place. Helps if you can. When he finishes the song, he looks so happy. His grin <laughs> is ear to ear. He's so stoked, and the crowd goes crazy. And uh, Bobby Hart was saying that Peter was frustrated he wasn't singing more. Because he, he's a folk singer and he did all that yeah. before and now he's not getting utilized the way he was. Yeah, for real. But they needed to identify the group by the lead vocals and Mickey has one of the greatest pop voices in history, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. So it became mm-hmm. he and Davey. And uh, Mickey didn't think he'd be able to sing the songs when Bobby and Tommy would give them to him. And Tommy would take them aside and like coach him through it and then eventually he would, yeah. he would nail it. In like one take yeah. every time he said so. <laughs> For real, yes. Mickey just wanted to get out of there, I think. <laughs> so that's why he just sang so well, so he didn't have to do it again. Uh, Peter mentions the candy store profits or the opening band as well as the backup band. And the whole thing for the the solo sets was so the guys could go and change their clothes and come out. Mm. And that was mm. kind of the whole situation for the solo spots. Give them, give them each a breather. Yeah. Well, whoever's not on stage gets to sit back, take some oxygen, and just say, holy shit, for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, another thing uh, Bobby Hart was saying is when they got to Toronto, they were treated like royalty. Like, the the limos came out to meet the plane on the tarmac, and they just got off the plane right into the limos. Mm -hmm. And they said that in Toronto, they had nurses at all the shows with wet towels. So when girls were passing out, they just throw a wet towel to them and put it on their face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then Mike was saying for Peter's solo act, what he was doing, he was doing what he usually did in, in New York in the village, like his, his folky banjo stuff. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. says it was oddly well received by monkeys fans. He says, usually a banjo song doesn't go over too well with 14 year old girls, but here it did. So okay. Peter's part's done. Now it's Mike's part and he comes out and it's funny when he comes out, he walks out playing air bass <laughs> and then he picks up six maracas and he sings, you can't judge a book by looking at its cover. It's really weird to see him without a guitar up there. It is Just different. Just like shaking maracas, singing like crazy. 
in his little interview piece, he says yeah. he used to go up on stage in an empty theater and play to it like, like it was full. And I kept thinking to myself, someday, someday. But it's still the same play. Instead of thinking, well, I've made it, I keep thinking, someday, someday. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that's a real thing. Like, even when you make it, it, it it's, you build it up in your head all your life, and it's, but it's not quite what you thought it was. Yeah. It's not quite on your terms yet. And that's probably what Mike's thing is like, yeah, this is cool, but someday. Yeah, exactly. You can do this right. And uh, in his book, Infinite Tuesday, he talks a bit about this particular Bo Diddley song and what, what seeing Bo Diddley meant to him and stuff and why he did this on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Bo Diddley's Morocco player doing all the crazy moves. Yeah, Jerome. He's just flying. Morocco's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so much fun. Yeah, it's great. And then, yeah, in uh, his commentary thing, Mike says, like, he saw no distinction between Chuck Berry and Carl Perkins because mm. they're all of who, a part of who Mike was musically. So yeah. when it came time to do his solo set and he chose this song, he didn't think it was anything weird to do this Bo Diddley song. He's like, well, no, yeah. this has helped me and it'll help other people and this and that. And, yeah, he, he, he talks about Jerome. He calls him Jerome What's-His-Name. From the Bo Diddley band, and how when he got his chance, that's what he wanted to do. But he says, in the context of a monkeys concert, it was surreal. But the monkeys were so surreal that it was fine. And and so that's also how Mike kept sneaking country music into the monkeys. It was like the monkeys were such a free for all. If you just think of the concept of the monkeys in general, it's it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So you can get away with anything. Boom. Totally. Which is pretty awesome. So then it's Davey's solo spot, and Mike intros him as... And the girls go crazy. And in the show, he sings, I want to be free. But his actual solo set that he chose was going to build a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Right? But they uh, in, in the commentary, I think Mike says the reason they had to go with... I want to be free was royalty issues. Like they didn't want to okay. pay for gonna. But do you think um, that being said, is it Davy with the other monkeys playing behind him, or is it Davy with the backing band? I can't tell. I can't tell either because they don't really show. It's a lot of close-ups of Davy or behind Davy when he's like on his knees crooning to the to the crowd. <laughs> this is yeah, do it. I want to be free, and it's like it's it's easy to forget that up until Daydream Believer, this was the Davy song. Yeah. This is his signature tune. He gets right into it. He does, man. He does. And in his little interview part, he says uh, he, he doesn't even know what day it is half the time. And because usually every minute when they're doing the TV show, every minute of the day is laid out for them. But yeah, now on yeah. tour, they have so much time to, to do anything. I got up this morning at 11 o'clock and I went over there and played with the, with the swine for an hour. You played with what? You played with the swine. She's got my jacket. When Davey's on his knees crooning, it's, a, it's an awesome image. And uh, they cut to this girl who looks like Velma and Daphne in the same person. <laughs> <laughs> she's dressed in the orange stuff, but she has like the Velma hair. And she's just getting taken away by cops because she's losing her mind too much. Yep. And... Uh, and Bobby Hart says, like, by the time they were on the road, Mickey was comfortable on stage, was a total pro. And then in 1976, 
he calls it the first monkey's revival. They went on the Dolan's Jones Boys Heart Tour, and they yeah. called it the guys who sang them and the guys that wrote them. And they toured America and Southeast Asia and did a bunch of stuff that way. So they did get to go up on stage and have the girls mm-hmm. love them too. <laughs> wonder, wonder what that record sounded like. I hear it's really awesome in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that too. <laughs> I heard it from two handsome guys. And uh, Peter says uh, that Davey's the only one in the show, the only monkey who sings a monkey song on this show for a yeah. solo piece. He says, like, for Peter, the teenage girls throwing themselves at him wasn't all that interesting because they couldn't calm down enough to have, like, a conversation with him. So he said, like, there's all these girls around going crazy, but there's no connection to them because if you tried to talk to any of them, they would just scream in your face. (laughs) (laughs) And that'd be the end of it. Mike was saying, like, when Davey does the I want to be free and goes down on one knee, it's like if any of them kind of did that seriously, it would look dumb. But for Davey, because it was his whole bag, it like worked yeah. for him, and it was awesome. Then Mickey comes out. He Mickey's wearing his jacket inside out, so it's like a crazy pink and red color. And yeah, they're, they're trying like to. A, it's, it's his first day at Bel Air Academy or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mike and him do this funny thing where they're trying to hand the microphone to each other and just keep missing each other and all this stuff. Just fun, goofy stuff. And then Mickey goes into I've Got a Woman by Ray Charles. I got a woman. When they talk to Mickey in his little interview piece, he says, like, he wants to one day build. He was at these old houses where, like, people built them with their own hands. And And I really got hung up on it because when I was a kid, I, I used to build a lot of things. And I know I've got a lot going for me with the music and the show and everything, but but still, uh, someday I'd, I'd like to make something, something that'll last, something uh, important, something I, I can say is my own. Which is very interesting. And then for his performance piece, it's like he's, he's act does the James Brown thing where he goes down on the knee and Mike puts the jacket over his shoulders and carries him off and then he throws the jacket off and runs back to the mic and starts singing and does that whole thing which is weird because it is a beat for beat james brown thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but mickey just i think that's a i think that's a monkey man cape they actually use for this by the way oh really that's yeah. awesome that's that's even better <laughs> <laughs> but weird about what mickey says and like you know, this is great, but hopefully I build something. My legacy, his legacy is the monkeys. Yeah. Maybe he didn't see that happening. Maybe he doesn't feel quite that way, but it's 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 his life's work. Yeah. That's okay. what keeps him going. It's what sustains him. Yeah, and at that time, too, he, they'd only been doing the things, recording the series for less than a year. They've done this stuff, but it yeah. must just kind of still <laughs> felt like, okay, this is just a gig I'm doing now, but one day, like... This is going to move on, and I'll do yeah, something I'm new. I'm sure rock and roll seemed like a very temporary thing. Yeah, because rock and roll itself was only like 12 years old. <laughs> so it'd be like if rock and roll started in 2008, and right now we're like, oh, well, this will be done soon. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, this shit's over, man. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, Bobby Hart says that when they were making the first record, they were unaware that Mike was recording songs with his own musicians as well and he had no idea until the record came out and they picked up the record and we're like oh there's other songs on this sung by mike and had no idea which is kind of funny yeah and then peter was saying like mickey was an architecture major when the monkeys started 
and That's uh, true. and that he tried to build his own gyrocopter, mm. but he he drilled some holes wrong and figured uh. the structural integrity was compromised, so he just quit making it. And Peter was like, no. "Well, how would you have gotten out of his basement anyway? If you finished have this huge gyrocopter <laughs> in the basement, <laughs> you can get it up the stairs." Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, Mike Mike says um, the basis of the whole thing was a TV show. And once you understand that, everything falls into place. But if you come yeah. to it from the musical side, things don't add up. Like, if you know the Monkees <laughs> were a weird. TV show band, and then they made these records, and that's why they're touring, and you just keep coming back to, well, they're a TV show band. This whole thing is like, well, this is, makes sense. But if you're like a musician looking at the Monkees, and they're playing, they're all of a sudden touring arenas as their first tour. Like, what the hell is this? These guys can hardly play. This is garbage. And he's like, yeah, like... They had writers who could make up the characters so people didn't think of the real people who were playing those characters. But once they came off screen, it was tough to know who was who and what you were really like because it was their same yeah. names and everything. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was very confusing for the public. So then we go into Stepping Stone, and it's wicked. It's just like the very end of it. Stone's just a great garage band song and a great song for the monkeys to rip out on. So they do that. It's a lot of quick cuts, a lot of crowd shots. The band looks great. They get off stage in the limo and off they go. And then there's a montage over I'm a Believer. And then Mike gives a shout out to bands. They're on the radio. They cut back to the radio station. We'd like to thank everybody for making it a wonderful stay. We'd like to thank the Rolling Stones for being a great group. We'd like to thank the Mamas and Papas for making it good. We'd like to thank Rudding Spoonful for making it happy. But most of all, we'd like to thank the Beatles for starting it all up for us. These are the only bands who are out so far. Exactly, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the Archies for making us look more legit. (laughs) And uh, I I can always remember that part. Remember the first, first, first time I ever saw this episode was Mike giving the, mm. the Beatles the shout out for starting it all and that kind of thing. And I always thought that was really yeah, cool. Yeah. Like, Me th- too. They're not being like, oh, we're the monkeys, we're a band. It's like, no, if it wasn't for the Beatles and a hard day's night, this would not even be here whatsoever. <laughs> for real. And I like that they, they uh, went with that. Bobby Hart says Stepping Stone was written for Paul Revere and the Raiders, but they turned it down. But then after it was a hit with the monkeys... They re-recorded it and put it out as a Paul Revere and the Raiders single. Just screw those guys, man. I know, right? Like, what a weird thing. Like, nah, that song sucks. You're not doing it. Big hit, we'll do that. That's a great song. Like, come on. Don't worry, wear costumes. Uh, and he says, uh, <laughs> Steppin' Stone was the monkey song that's been recorded by the most bands over every other monkey song. Mm. And he brings up the Sex Pistols sense. recorded it and all that as well. Yeah, so. yeah so peter was saying when they started shooting the show the pilot took 10 days to film but then they got down to five days and then they got down to three days because they needed more time to to rehearse because now they're going on these tours and making these albums so the show time got shorter and shorter yeah like these last few episodes of the show itself we've talked about how like the 
story section is pretty slim. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of like full length performance videos or clip shows or interviews or just to pad it out to 22 minutes. Yeah. It also seemed like they were pushing the band more. Like they wanted to show the band playing songs and then they wanted interviews with the real guys so you could see who the real guys were. So they were trying to make that line. And then Peter was saying like on stage it was just them playing, which led them wanting to play on their own records which led to headquarters, which led to this whole musical career they all got out of it. Yeah, for real. And then at the end, Peter says, he sees David Winter's name. And he says, David Winter's had nothing to do with our stage show. <laughs> but Mike was saying, David <laughs> Winter's put together <laughs> a whole stage show. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, weird. I don't think they're in the same room together. Yeah, he was paid to supervise them figuring out the show or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then Mike was saying about the records once they started doing their own thing, he's like, when we were just actors, it didn't matter that there was someone from Broadway, a country guy, a folk <laughs> singer, because yeah. they weren't supposed to be real people making music anyway. They were just playing these characters on the show. Yeah. But then they, and that they got the idea for using the big video screens from when they went and saw the Beatles. Cause he was like, they were all like, man, they should have big screens going behind them. They should be having mm-hmm. more visuals. And so then Something they to look at, cause yeah, otherwise just teeny little dudes. Yeah. So it's funny, they got influenced to get the screens by the Beatles not having the screens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what made them think they should have big screens. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. And so yeah, Mike also says, like, we've been focused so much on the TV show that now when we're touring, there are such different animals yeah. to deal with. But it was still them doing both. So. That was crazy. And, and then that's that's essentially the end of uh, Monkeys on yeah, Tour. About, yeah, they play a little I'm, I'm a Believer thing there. Yeah. Which last episode, they gave the shout out to Clarksville with the little yeah. silent movie. So, yeah, they had to. It was important, I think, for them to acknowledge the Clarksville and I'm a Believer, kind of the main tunes of the first season. Yeah. No, yeah. It was, uh, and as like a final curtain call for those. So, yeah, they wrapped it up pretty neat over over the course of the last uh, few episodes of the first season. Yeah, definitely. And I, I feel this this episode specifically is probably many fans. Like, is a fan favorite to many fans. Definitely. Because I know... Did you know, the, did you know two days after this, this episode aired, the boys went into the studio to start work on Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones? Wow. Man, oh, man. That's crazy. I did not know that. True fact. But yeah, it, it, it just helps to see the boys as themselves, playing concerts, being the monkeys. Not the TV show monkeys, but the real music monkeys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the way it was cut was so good. Gives you that excitement and vibe of a live show. And it's actually been the way so many live performances have been cut ever since. <laughs> like For real, fast, yeah. action-packed stuff. And yeah, it really gave you the, the hectic feeling of being in that crowd and what it would have been like to be those guys. Yeah, the pre-show and the backstage and everything. Yeah. Like, it was nothing like, there was nothing, no, because no, like Hard Day's Night was like, oh, here's the Beatles on tour, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> that is not really, that's not really Paul's grandfather. <laughs> and it's like, shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, this was like for real them. And it's cool to see these guys who were hired for this TV show who are now in a mainstream band going out there yeah. and doing it. It's such a, it's a, it, it's a thing that had ne- obviously had never happened before. Right. 
and it hasn't really happened to that level since like a mm. band for TV that got that famous. I suppose you're right. Cause I don't know <laughs> who else there would be in that running. Oh, that the Partridge family. There's a, is catwalk up here in Canada. Uh, <laughs> okay. They don't count. You have to go to like actual kid bands, like the wiggles or something. Oh yeah, exactly. But even there, like, they probably had that in mind. Like you're going to be playing live. This is what's going to be happening. It's not like the Wiggles got hired yeah. to be the Wiggles on their show, and then somehow <laughs> they got huge <laughs> and were touring arenas. That's a good point. It's a good point. Good point. Good point. And it was also at a time yeah. where people were less cynical towards it, where the Monkees could function as this band. You know what I mean? Like after the show, they kept putting out records, maybe not as popular as like the first four or five records because the show was on. Right. But it's right. like, like how we said, Mickey Dolenz and and Mike Nesmith are still touring. Like with the monkeys mm-hmm. thing and still doing well. Yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy to me. It'll always be crazy like, to me. It's, it's different. The monkeys is not like any other band or TV show or thing. Like Mike himself, I think says the monkeys are a singularity. There's nothing else quite like it. Yeah. It has those different levels that you interact with the band, whether it's on the show or with the music or just, their books and whatever and you're the hunger to like get into it and find out more and find all the tunes and pick your favorite dude and have your favorite songs is like it feels different than anything else yeah 100 percent. and peter actually calls out mickey saying like the 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 vulcan thing <laughs> yeah and he's like yeah. he's like I, I i understand what mickey's saying with that but it's not true because we did become a band like Leonard Nimoy never did become a Vulcan, but we yeah. did become a band. So yeah. that's Leonard, it. It would be yes if Leonard Nimoy actually became a Vulcan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which would be for real. Which would be crazier than the Monkees becoming a real band. I gotta say, <laughs> just a touch, a touch, just a touch. Yeah. And so yeah, that's that episode. It was a, it's a, it was a long breakdown, no doubt about it. But I feel it was a <laughs> yes. It had to go I think that it's way. Worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's how it had to go. Yeah, it's the last episode of the season. Like what a great way to go out too for the season. Yeah, man. For real. But yeah, it was yeah. just like a celebration of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And look how far they came and it like legitimized the whole operation. Yeah, exactly. In a big way. Yeah, yeah. And now they're just about to bring out what many consider to be their best album. So mm-hmm. And I gotta say I'm I'm very excited for season two to to because yeah. Their hair grows out over the summer. <laughs> they get even more famous. They get bigger. Like I'm, I'm very excited. I think we're gonna look back yeah. on like Royal Flush and just be like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Once agreed. You get to Frodo Escaper. So now, what's that I hear? Is that another theme song coming? You've heard of wool heads, haven't you? It's Mike's hat. It's Here we have the actual randomatic countdown, courtesy of the Wool Hat of Mystery, which, in case you're new to the show, which, how? Um, welcome. <laughs> yes, welcome to the show. And we just have a big old hat of uh, every monkey song that was ever on an album or a single, and we've been picking them at random, three a show, basically, throughout this, uh, this thing we do. 
And uh, and then we, after we pick up the song, we decide where it goes on our personal countdown of our favorite monkey songs. That about sums it up. Yeah. So so let's uh, get on into the Wool Hat of Mystery. All Maybe right. I'll go first yep, this time. It's your what turn. Do you say? Your turn. So what you right. what'd you get there? Oh, could have sworn we'd done it before, but I guess we haven't. It's the poster oh. from uh, Birds, the Bees, and the Monkeys. Nice, nice. This this one obviously has a special uh, feelings for for me at least is when we found those tapes that we've talked about many yeah. times at the used store. <laughs> the tapes, and it was a song that was not on the box set, so it was like a, a brand new monkey song for us. Yeah, that's important. And that, that was important to us. That was at that time, because I think I've said this before, but I thought I always thought that on that box set was like like the police box set, like everything was on that box set so to find out yeah. it wasn't and there was all these other songs it was mind-blowing because it was hard yes. to find stuff back then <laughs> and davy jones co-wrote the song with uh uh pitts i forget the guy's first name <laughs> but anyway it's a it's an actual davy song basically a kind of a rewrite of uh being for the benefit of mr kite by the beatles where they just where john lennon was just picking stuff off uh, circus poster and uh, made a song about it and uh, kind of what Davey seems to be doing here too yeah and it's got that cool organ intro too yeah it, it just lays down a cool vibe doesn't doesn't waste any time I was gonna say it's it's a quick quick two minutes 21 seconds and it, it feels like it zips by super awesome fast where some other Davy songs seem to <laughs> seem to slow down and lag a little bit this one does not yeah. it's got that weird solo in the middle as well and it's <laughs> so yeah and, uh, yeah written by Davy Jones himself and his buddy Steve Pitts uh it's Hal Blaine on the drums and uh percussion tambourine and glockenspiel by Mr. Gary Coleman I'm not sure it's the same Gary Coleman <laughs> What you talking about, Davey? <laughs> Snatches the tambo right out of Davey's hand. <laughs> Arranged by Mr. Shorty Rogers, whose name comes up a lot. And he's, uh, he's monkey stuff. Yeah. yeah Anytime yeah. there's any horns or string business, chances are Shorty Rogers is involved. I wonder if that's who Shorty Blackwell was named after halfway. I think uh, <laughs> I think you might have had something to do with it. <laughs> So, the poster, where do you feel this goes in the countdown? Oh, shit, yeah, we gotta do that. We're in this neighborhood with uh, Daddy's Song and Sweet Young Thing and Mommy and Daddy and yeah. around there, maybe. There ain't no jelly. No, definitely not a jelly. So, Andrew Griselda, what would you listen to first? Depends on my mood, to be honest. Okay. Let's but see. we could pop that, I think, just above... Anti Griselda. So between Through the Looking Glass and Anti Griselda, we got the poster. Sounds good. All right, here I go. I'm in the hat. Yep. And I am pulling out. Oh my goodness. What do we have here? If I knew. If I knew what song this was, I tell you. <laughs> exactly. About. If I knew what 
bothering you I would run to your side I don't know why Okay, so If I Nudes on the Monkees Present, uh, Davy Jones' Quiet Jam. Uh, there's some cool background vocals. They layer some stuff. It's got a cool chord change and that kind of thing. But overall, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's Not one I reach for too often. It is well sung and well played. It's a pleasant little a ditty. Yes. But uh, it's not, not something t- typically... Uh, would put on our list of jams. So would you say this would go before or after Peter Percival Patterson? Oh boy. And above um, that is a I regional do think girl. it's better with me without you. Let's put it between Peter Percival Patterson and me without you. Okay, coming in at seventy five, we've got If I Knew. And apparently Davy Jones re-recorded this later in his career and uh, oh. and put it out. And I, uh, people seem to have really liked that one. So, I see. So, hey, who knows? What can you do? Mm-hmm. All right. So Thanks, Davey. Let's move on to next. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, Here we he go. co-wrote that one, too. That's two in a row co-written by <laughs> Sir David Jones. I wonder if we're going to have... The Earl of Crap. We'll, we'll have a, an all Davy Jones uh, a countdown here. Possibly. Here comes the next two. Ha! Buddy. What do we got? It is the instant replay version of You and I. Boom! This is the Davy Jones song I've been saying I've been waiting for. There it is. Forever. I had a feeling. Love this song. It's a good one. It is so good. Yay. And it's another one that's like two minutes long. Yeah. It gets in and out. How Blaine. How Blaine. How Blaine Roto Toms. Man, oh man. Getting How Blaine on that song too? Look out. Yeah, man. All right. good tune. A lot of the Wrecking Crew on board. This song, it's my favorite Davy Jones song that he sings. Oh, it's... There it is, folks. This is it. This is the the top of the pops for me. It was <laughs> so good, so wicked. I remember I played guitar when I heard the song, but when I heard the song, I wanted to start playing bass. And it's not even like it's like long title where the bass is unreal. The bass is very simple, <laughs> but very it pushes the song along. And it shows Davey can rock out and play really great rock out songs. Yeah, man. And write really great rock out songs. As we say, this is this is an all Davy Jones wool hat of mystery written that's, by and sung by. That's wild. I think we've had three Davy sung songs before, but these are all writ- co written yeah. by him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and Bill Chadwick this time, who also co wrote the previous song. Yeah. You have Hal, Hal Blaine on drums, which is amazing. You have Neil Young on guitar, amazing. Yeah. Joe Osborne's the bass player on this, and it's a. Uh, a great tune, great tune. So for me, I I'm I'm thinking up high. Finally, we pick out this tune. Finally, I've and been I agree, it's a great one. And it's it's wow, a good one to uh, wrap up season one of the Wool Hat of Mystery. That's for sure. That's very true. I'm glad we didn't go out on a dud. I'm glad we went out on <laughs> no, a super no high note. this time. Went out on a Mickey Dolan's high note. <laughs> 
Even though he doesn't sing on it, he can sing the highest. <laughs> okay, so where are we where are we gonna put this guy well, in there? Uh, let's let's scroll up to the top ten. Oh, I'm there. Where we have like tapioca tundra. I love you better, and you bring the summer at the back end of the top ten. I honestly, I would even go after you just may be the one. Ooh. And put it in at number seven, right before the girl I knew somewhere. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you on that. So the new number seven is you and I, the instant replay version. The real version. I mean, the real version. I wonder why when they were doing Justice, they went for the other you and I in the mid-90s. Because this could have really fit in good if they grunged it up. Possibly, but that other you and I is kind of autobiographical. And it's been 20 years since the other one came out. That's very true. And I think that one could use a little modernizing, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. But uh, this you and I, you cannot approve upon this one. I'm sorry. <laughs> so good. So good, this one. So all that said, you want to run through the top 10 real quick. So do you want to start top 10 or want me to start this time? You start it. And I'll, and I'll do the uh, odd number one. All right. So at number 10, we've got I Love You Better. Number nine, Tapioca Tundra. It cannot be a part of me, for now it's part of you. Number eight, The Girl I Knew Somewhere. You tell me that you've never been this way before. Number seven, You and I. Number six, you just may be the one. Someone to understand them, and you just may be the one. <laughs> Number five, listen to the band. Weren't they good that made me happy? I think I can make it alone. Number four, Sir, go sky. Three, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Another Pleasant Valley Sunday. Sunday. Number two, long title. Do I have to do this all over again? Do I have to do this all over again? Didn't I do it right first time? And number one, the theme from head of the Porpoise Song. What a great top ten that is. That's, that is toy. We're getting to like a, we have a solid like top 35 essentially. I don't even it's, know anymore. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of good tunes and there's a lot of good tunes to go. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and more than a few dudderoos, I'm sure. But we're going to have to wait to next season to hear from those. So that that's the wrap on, on season one of The Monkees and season one of Podcast Valley Sunday. How about that? That's crazy. 
It's a big day. I'm glad we went out with you and I. The one I've been searching for since we started the Wool Hat of Mystery on episode two. For realsies. And it's been so much fun, dude. I don't know. I can't. This has been. I can't even express how it's. Oh man, it's been such a blast. This has been fantastic. It's been even more fun. I'm glad when we were trying to figure out what we want to do as a podcast that figuring out to break down the monkeys episodes and talk about the monkey. It's almost like what else were we even thinking of doing? <laughs> I don't think we got. I don't think there were too many other ideas. There really wasn't. And um, just having the episodes themselves gives us structure and stuff to talk about. And just the way the countdown has played out has made it a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was a great call. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just been uh, just so much fun to do. Yeah. And I'm having a blast. And, 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 and look how much the world has changed since we started this podcast. <laughs> yes. Is this, uh, does, do you think it's our fault, Paco? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. It was, uh, I think it was when we went to Moonfire. <laughs> it lit the world on fire. Oh, man. <laughs> But no, fantastic. I want to thank everyone for listening, coming on board as we, we've, we've, uh, we've done, gotten more views, more listens, more everything as the time has, has proceeded. And, uh, absolutely. I think that's a, a wrap on season one for podcast Valley Sunday. So Jeff, Ooh. thank you for coming on this journey halfway, halfway only. We've got some surprises coming in between, uh, it's the true. end of season one and the beginning of season two. Oh yes, 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 yes. No spoilers, but oh boy. Yeah, we've got some stuff. And also, yes, there will be some time in between season one and two. So next week or in two weeks from now, we won't be starting season two right away, but we also will be giving other things. So sit tight yes, and yes, yes, yes. buckle your seatbelts for season two. That's when things get crazy. <laughs> Hang on to your seats. <laughs> Hang on to your seats. <laughs> All right. So, from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you. Love you. Bye-bye. Hey, Monkeys fans. With everything going on with social distancing, Podcast Valley Sunday will be on every two weeks. We hope you're staying safe. We hope you're staying at home. And we hope that you're listening to The Monkeys and obviously Podcast Valley Sunday. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And please, rate us and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. But, as always, be gentle with us. We're very sensitive.